Hello, and welcome to the Soul Set Podcast. This is a space designed to motivate and inspire you. So please take a moment and pull back from the craziness in life and focus on you. Because when you do, my friend, you will be a force to reckon with. I'm Sherry Belmar, your host, and thank you for joining me. Well, here we are. We are getting ready for our first interview ever on Soul Set, and I am so excited. I have Asidia here with me, and I was just remembering with her how um, ooh, over 15 years ago, uh, she was over in Spain. We were living in Spain at the time, and she was over there for a Luis Palau campaign. And I remember what it was like when we were seeing all these buses and we saw Asidia's photograph, we're like, my kids were like, oh, wow, like I know her. It was like so cool. And then we had the opportunity to go see you after, well, during the concert. You said, oh, bring the boys back. I want to meet the boys. And the boys were like about six, eight, and 10 at that time. And so they said, well, what should we call her? Should we call her Dia? The aunt, you know, because that's what we sort of do. And I said, yes, call her Tia Asidia. And so one of my boys is thinking, well, he said, if Asidia is my Tia, would that make Bele my uncle? <laughs> oh, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think Bele would be your uncle, but <laughs> Asidia is your aunt. So anyway. Asidia, I just want to thank you for taking the time to come and be with us today. I know that your life is going to be a blessing to the women that are going to be listening to you today. So welcome. Thank you. Great (laughs) to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And Asidia is just a woman that when she comes into the room, her love, her caring spirit just make a difference. And so I am so excited to get into this interview today, and I am looking forward to hearing what you guys uh, also uh, take away from this interview. So anyway, are you ready, Asidia? Yes. Okay, let's do it. First, if you could just tell us a little bit about you, about your background, where were you born, where were you raised, what was it like? Well, I was born in uh, Londrina, Paraná, that's the south of Brazil. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then I was raised in Recife, mm-hmm. so I don't even consider myself from the south. My accent's totally from the north. Right. See, I when I when I because I looked you up on on Google, I googled you right because I was getting ready for the interview, and I'm thinking Paraná. I thought she was. I thought yeah, she was from Recife. Right. But that's where I lived until uh-huh. I was 18, and um, I had one brother only, but he died at the age of 17. So I, you know, from my early adolescence and all that, I, I had to deal with that and everything. And um, my parents, you know, my parents, both sides of the family, mm-hmm. they're all from Recife. So. And was your brother younger than you? He was older, four he was years older. older. Wow. Mm-hmm. That must have been really huge, right? It was, it was. And at the time, um, he had been at the Board of Life. We were starting it in Recife at yeah, the that's time. Where, that's where we met. Yes. 30, 40 years ago, 40 40 something years years ago. ago. Actually, yes, actually, Asidia 
was a member of the staff there at camp. Mm-hmm. So that's that my first memories when I was way when I was young. Yeah, it was like singing. Yeah, it was, like like singing. Yeah, it was, was exactly yeah. singing there. Yeah, it was like um, he his life was totally changed. Six months later, mm. he he drowned and was oh. was really so. I was introduced to Word of Life at that time. Mm-hmm. Which was made a huge difference in my mm-hmm. life too, and uh, helped me how to deal with that and also mm-hmm. to really give my life to the Lord because I was raised in a Christian home. Both of my parents, you know, grew up in church and mm-hmm. all of, all my life, all my relatives. But I had trusted the Lord when I was uh, like five years mm-hmm. old. But at that time, as a adolescence, that's when I really committed right. to the Lord is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. So Word of Life had a tremendous impact mm. in my life where I stayed uh, for at least, I think, four to five years. Word of Life is a camping ministry. They're um, over in over 50 countries. Just you know, for those of you who aren't maybe familiar with Word of Life. So my parents worked with the ministry, with a camping ministry working, investing in the lives of young people. And so that's what we're referring to. <laughs> right. And your father exactly. was my spiritual father. He yes. was the mm-hmm. director of Word of Life yes. in, in Brazil. And he had a tremendous impact in my life. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think that's what led me, you know, mm-hmm. in the course of my life mm-hmm. was Word wow. of Life. Wow. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's huge. Would you say then that what impacted your choices and growing up, would that be one of the things or is there something else that impacted you? I guess I would say this because see, being in church all my life, it does make a difference, but Word of Life was different. It was like we spent all our vacation time Mm -hmm. there and ministry and being ministered to Mm -hmm. and just, it's like a little piece of heaven, right? Right. And you just kind of just immerse in that. So that really helped me to make, you know, my decisions and mm-hmm. direct me into coming to the United States to study mm-hmm. to be a missionary because uh-huh. that's where, you know, that's I had what, my uh-huh. call okay. right there. So okay. how, how old were you when you came to the state? You 18. were 18. Mm-hmm. And how did you get here to the, the States? Like, how did that work out? Well, it's like a, a big story. And it's, it's really, it started in God's heart because mm-hmm. it seemed like something usually so fetched. <laughs> yeah. I never, it was a dream. I loved the United uh-huh. States and I loved English. So at early, like when I was 11, started English and everything. So at Word of Life, it was a major thing because uh-huh. we're surrounded by Americans. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, so that, and then I had that, you know, call right. to be, a, to, to be a missionary, uh-huh. but I was, thinking and planning on going to Word of Life in Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing was the United States. Uh-huh. But it was so, you know, unattainable at the right. time. I didn't have the money. It would be right. an impossible thing. And I remember I was at a Word of Life office one afternoon, uh-huh. and I was looking into those um, newspapers that your dad right. had uh-huh. that called Sword of the Lord. Right, right. And then I, I just read an ad about this college, a sort of Pillsbury mm-hmm. Baptist Bible <laughs> College. And I just wrote to them, uh-huh. you know, that I wanted to apply right uh-huh. and i was accepted <laughs> oh and no now I, what right and then your dad said are you sure you want to go to minnesota <laughs> see if it <laughs> so minnesota is like 60 below <laughs> right <laughs> but i had i think you know i had just graduated from high school that was like in in january right i was working in an office downstairs mm-hmm. from word of life's office okay but i had no money so i said well i'm just gonna wait and see in six months I started praying that if it was God's will for my life, that he would open the doors. Right. Like it was a miracle. You won't believe this, but in six months, I got the money to study for 
uh, to pay for a semester, which wasn't that much at the time, right. looking back, right. but for me, it was the ticket and some money to take with me. Wow. And I, we got into those networking that had just started mm-hmm. like 40 something mm-hmm. years ago. And my right, mother right. and I, we just made so much money. <laughs> so we knew so many people right, that we right, got, right. every uh-huh. person, that, person that would get in, we would uh-huh. make money. But God is so amazing. I What did you study then when you came to the U.S.? Well, I had a major first in my missions, political education. But then I, when I moved, I I moved from uh, Florida, I mean, not Florida. Did you study psychology yeah. then? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I did. But then when the school was sold, I moved mm-hmm. to New York City oh, okay. because I didn't come okay. to the school. And that's when I started taking my liberal arts and all okay. of that. That's when I graduated with psychology okay. degree. And um, so tell me about your psychology degree. Did you enjoy psychology? I did very uh-huh. much. It really helped me. And I, I, at the time, I, I had it thought, well, Instead of just being like a, a missionary and going back to Brazil, I'll just be a Christian counselor. That's uh-huh. one of the things that sidetracked me from my call uh-huh. because, you know, God had a different call for my life. Right. And I just thought, well, I'm not going back. Uh-huh. My dream was always to come to the United States. Uh-huh. I'm not going back to Brazil. <laughs> I'm staying. And then I can just be a Christian counselor. I was just led into those things and okay. I forgot the call that I had and what really made me come here for. What okay. Was, okay, so you know. it was sort of New York and then things yeah. started to change gradually yeah. for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's a story definitely right between your um, studying in New York City and then meeting Bele, right? How, what, what, how, what's the story there? Well, I met him when I was still in college. I uh, was in my middle 20s. We lived like in the same neighborhood, a few blocks away. But, you know, we was just like friends. And mm-hmm. at the time, he used to say, well, I'm never going to, he was divorced. And mm-hmm. he said, I'm never going to get married again. But, but if I ever do, um, I, would, I would like to get married to somebody like you. <laughs> oh, there you go. But I was like, well, I had no expectation of that because I thought, well, he just dated so many mm-hmm. models and mm-hmm. famous people and everything. And we were just like, like friends, right. you know. And then I met my first husband in uh, in a church in New York. So, so you had met Pelé, and then you met your first husband. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And then I moved to California. Okay. You know, when I got married mm-hmm. and everything. But then my marriage was over two and a half years later. It was really um, one of the most difficult times in my life because there was a lot of abuse, you know, even before mm-hmm. okay. the there, marriage. There, this is one of the reasons I wanted to interview Asidia. Because um, she's a beautiful, Christian, godly woman, but she does have her story, right? And so um, I know that there are women out there that maybe are in a situation who they're maybe married to someone and they might be in an abusive situation. And so uh, there, are, there are things that you need to take into consideration, right? Yes, right. Like I got married and uh, I kind of, you know, had seen those those behaviors, you know, mm-hmm. abusive, physically mm-hmm. abusive. But I always thought, well, I've changed my entire life, moved from New York to California, you know, I got married and I was already like, I got in that time in New York, like, and you say, I'm getting close to being 30 and right. you think, wow, I have to get married. And I mm-hmm. found, I met this very good looking Christian guy and I right. thought, well, what can't be wrong? Right. He's a Christian right. and uh-huh. all of that. But I didn't really get to know him as, you know, that well until right. I moved to California. Mm-hmm. And then I saw those signs, but I wasn't willing to let go because I said, well, it's not, it's going to change. You know, right. I'm going to 
make uh-huh. the things work and uh, mm-hmm. you know if I just change my behavior and but it doesn't work like that relationship like that is really destructive right yes, it's sort very. of also on your your own opinion of yes, yourself your right self-esteem. because the person right yeah you just feel like you're not good enough mm-hmm. that's why you're being abused mm-hmm. and you don't deserve to be loved mm-hmm. and then you just have to stay because right. what else can you get Right, and I got pregnant two months later mm-hmm. when I got oh. when I got married two months later. Right. Uh-huh. So it's like during the all my pregnancy, yeah. I was dealing with abuse and all of that. And that sort of seals the deal too, right? Yeah. Because it's like you're pregnant, so then you're like, I really need to stay I, right yes, in this relationship. Yes. And I did try to stay, mm-hmm. but it came to a point mm-hmm. that I was afraid for my life. Right, you know, mm-hmm. because he even you know he even said that he right. couldn't guarantee my safety oh, because. Wow. But, you know, nobody would believe it. If you mm. look at him, he was a model. You right. know, he was a, such a good-looking, right. outgoing, a good Christian. Mm-hmm. And people didn't really believe me. Right. His mm-hmm. family didn't believe me until right. my pastors intervened because mm. they saw what was mm-hmm. going on. So it came to a point where I, I had to stay, you know, like flee. Right. My daughter was a year and a half old. Oh, wow. And I just had like this thing if I don't leave mm-hmm. for a while my intention was not to get a divorce mm-hmm. my intention was to leave the situation so like and calm down and calm down bit. and see if he would change right and then come mm-hmm. back and I did flee mm-hmm. I left the house with mm-hmm. two suitcases mm-hmm. and uh, telling him I was coming to visit my cousin mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving but I wasn't planning to come back anytime mm-hmm. soon and then you know what would you tell a young woman that might be listening today and might be in a similar situation First thing, um, you cannot change anybody. You changing mm-hmm. your behavior, it's not going to change somebody. You mm-hmm. can only change yourself. And there's nothing that you do or you say that deserves mm-hmm. punishment or deserves you to be abused. Abuse, mm-hmm. it's, it's, not, it's not a God's purpose for right. you. You don't have right. to stand abuse. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with a lot of that because in the church that I was, they didn't think and that I could ever be separated. I had right. to stay no matter what. Right. And I believe that too. Mm-hmm. But it comes to a point that you have to think, I had a daughter right. and she was witnessing some things. I say, what, do I, what is more important right now? Right. It's like, I, I told God, I don't want a divorce, but mm-hmm. I don't want to be, you know, a number, you know, right. in the statistics right. or having to take my daughter because they were threatening. Mm-hmm. There was a time I had to call the police and the police looked at my daughter in my arms and said, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but mm-hmm. if you have to call me next time, I'm taking mm-hmm. your daughter with me. So I, that's when I said, it's time to act. Right. You know, I right. can't allow to, I can't right. allow that to happen. Right. So that's when I planned my escape. And oh, I said, right. I'm leaving for a time and mm-hmm. see what happens. And wow. I did. And where did you go? I came to Florida. Okay. So you like, definitely you just like went yeah. all the way across the U.S. Yeah, the okay. U.S. I came to Florida mm-hmm. and stayed with my cousin here mm-hmm. in Orlando. I tried to get a job, but. You know, I just couldn't what, find did, anything. Did he get angry? Did he, he have did. to respond? He uh-huh. did. Well, then I moved. I went to New York. You know, you don't have to worry about rent or mm-hmm. anything in, until you settle. So I was trying to get a job to see for mm-hmm. a while and see with how things were going to work. But trying, you know, I wasn't able to do it because right. I I had to leave Jemima right, in a daycare right. and uh-huh. constant money. So then I went, I had to apply for welfare. Oh, wow. So when I went to the welfare office, and they said, but you're not divorced. You still have a husband. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to take care right, of you. Right, So the government sent him a letter and said, okay. you have to support your right. wife. So he got really upset and filed hmm. for divorce. Hmm. At that time, it was interesting because I was looking for a job and I called Pele's office. Oh, wow. And I told his secretary, listen, you know, I'm kind of a separated. You know, I, I needed to fa- find a job. Tell mm-hmm. Pele I'm in town, you know, if you can't mm-hmm. find me something. and I. 
didn't expect him to right. come to my rescue like this, uh -huh. but he did. It was exactly at the time when I, my ex-husband was very upset with right. the situation because he didn't want to send me any money. Right. But he didn't want anything to be changed. Right. He came to my house. Instead of offering me a job, he asked me to marry him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was like, my daughter was going to be oh, two okay. years old the day oh, after my. that. And oh, he just wow. said, well, I always, you know, I'm coming to that point in my life and I've to settle down and get married. And of all the people that I met. My goodness. See, you know yeah. what? I, I have not heard this story because this is delicate things. You don't go around asking people, right? But this is like so neat. Yeah, it was right? like I was because, you know, he said, I needed wow. to talk to you. I need to talk to you. But I said, mm -hmm. oh, I'm too busy. To uh -huh. I had no idea. So I said, but I need to talk to you. So when he came, of all the people that I ever met, mm -hmm. he was the one that I would like to spend my life with. Wow. And I told him, listen, I'm not divorced. I don't intend to fight for divorce right. because this is not what God intends for mm -hmm. me. But if it is in God's plan for me to mm -hmm. marry you, then my, uh, my ex-husband will do it. I don't know which, you know, who heard it, if it was the devil, if it was God. <laughs> but two months later, my husband filed, my, you know, my uh -huh, husband right. filed uh -huh. for divorce. Uh -huh. And then when, when I received, you know, the papers right. and I was served right. the papers, mm -hmm. for me, it was like, that's God's answer. God right. is telling me, right. go ahead and marry him. So mm -hmm. I told him, okay. Eight months later, we wow. were married. Wow. It was really fast. Yes. But looking back, I don't think it was God's telling me it was... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, I, yeah. I just. I just remember my dad um, one time saying, "You'll never guess who I see the American." When he said Pele, I was like, I couldn't well, believe yeah, it. Out of could believe all it. the people in the yeah. world, right? Right, right? It was like yeah. unreal. So eight months later, I was I was in Brazil, getting married, and uh -huh. started a new life. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for that. It was huge, right? It was oh my goodness, huge. it was huge. So what was it like being married to someone so? Famous, right? I, From I like had, going to no one knowing who you are to all of a sudden being in this spotlight, oh you right? Had no idea. I had no oh. idea because I only, I only had a, you know interact with him in New York, and it was a neutral place. It right. was my turf, right? You know, sure. I was in charge, uh -huh. but in Brazil, I didn't know anybody in São Paulo. All my family were in Recife, and there was this guy that I had no idea how famous is right. he was. You know, I knew he right. was, but yes. I didn't have knew the extension of sure. his fame. Sure. And it was hard because everybody was like, what is he doing with this girl? She's not famous. She's, she's not a Miss Brazil. Right, she's not right, a right, model. Right, right. <laughs> so there was a lot of uh, things to overcome. And spiritually, it was even worse. That was what I wasn't prepared for. And that's why today, looking back, God would never put me in, in a situation, never allow me to be in a situation that would be contrary to his word. Your emotions play a lot, a lot in that. And sometimes you really think it's God's voice, your own needs and your own, uh. then even the voice of the devil, you know. Mm -hmm. But God, it's so wonderful that even in the midst of you making a wrong decision, right. that takes taking you from mm -hmm. the plan that he has, for you. He will make a way and he will use all of that for his glory. God did for me because he was an unbeliever. I, I was just coming out from a, a, bad, relationship. a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. I wasn't healed. Mm -hmm. I didn't have right. time to heal. Right. And I got into another one with mm -hmm. a person who wasn't healed from 
other relationships right. and wasn't mature and spiritually he couldn't even help me. And then on top of it, you have all the, um, the everything surrounding so you, right? All the limelight, everything was like... Yes, and everything that, that involves and all the people all and the characters, people. right? Suddenly, I was like in covers of magazines. I right. was all over the world. And it's I like, can't ah. imagine. It was really was really difficult. Mm-hmm. It got me into a depression. I got depressed really? because I just couldn't deal with all of mm-hmm. that. You know, knowing that, you know, I, I felt at the time, well, I'm here and then this is my mission call. Kind of sidetracked from mm-hmm. that call. Mm-hmm. So God is putting me here. So I just thought, can you imagine? I married this man. He can fill a stadium any place right. in the world. And God can use me together with him to reach the world. So then I thought, this is it. This is right. why God uh-huh. put us together. And when I started singing and um, recording CDs and traveling all over the world, I was really certain that this was my call. This is, this is why God had right. put me to marry him. But then the marriage fell apart. And mm-hmm. so what do you do? You know, he was living a double life and I found that out and mm-hmm. was devastated. I was depressed. I couldn't get out of bed and I didn't know what to do. I had already twins with him. Mm-hmm. You know, my twins were already 11 years old. Mm-hmm. My oldest daughter was 17. Now right. what? You know? Right. Um, well, let's, let's, before, before we, we get to that, okay, being married to someone so famous, um, just share with us maybe a few um, interesting opportunities, right, that were given you because you were in this, like, Oh, wow. There were so many. So many, right? So many. It's like being in, like, you know, Palau. Oh, right. A like Luis Palau I, campaign. Palau. That's huge. That's huge. I sing also in uh, two occasions with, um, frankly, Graham and his campaigns right. in South America. Mm-hmm. And I went to a lot of countries in Europe, in mm-hmm. Asia. I remember there was this, there was this event in, in um, Brussels that, you know, I was being interviewed in this. Mm-hmm. I was going to sing in this event. There was right. only 1% of Christians in, in Belgium. Wow. Change it. That's the first time we have a Christian person, you right. know, in a TV, in a right. newspaper. Uh-huh. In another occasion, I was in Malaysia uh, where, you know, they have a, a Muslim government mm-hmm. and a Muslim right. and everything. And you're not allowed to publicly speak right. about your faith. But I was because sure. I was Pele's wife. Uh-huh. Sure. So this girl, I remember she interviewed me. She was so excited. She said, mm. I'm a Christian oh. and I'm not allowed to speak about my right. faith, but you are going to speak through me. <laughs> there you go. And I did. So mm-hmm. those opportunities was right. like priceless. Right. You know, that God would put me in those places that mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't able, were not able to go. Exactly. And those doors were open to me. So I was so sure of that. You know, right. this is my call. Right. But, but then, but then um, there came what? There the came time a that you, you realized that the best option would be to get be separated. So Actually, I, no? it wasn't me. Okay. You know? okay. It was like I didn't, although I was devastated mm-hmm. when I found out of all, mm-hmm. you know, all his affairs. It was not like only one. Right. Uh-huh. It was one right. in every place every, in the world. Uh-huh. And I would just confront him and right. he would just deny, deny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would just say, if you keep on saying that. I am going to divorce you. But I said, mm-hmm. but, you know, what am I going to do? I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. And right. God gave me, I said, God, I'm not, I'm not crazy. And God just starts, you know, I just start getting proofs of everything. Right. Uh-huh. And what do you do with all of that? How can you live right. a lie mm-hmm. and pretend that everything is fine when right. you know what's happening behind right. closed doors? And I just told God, you know, I'm, I don't want a divorce. I just want him to repent and change. And I sought, I sought counsel. I took him to a counsel and everything, but he would never admit. 
And he filed for divorce. And I remember mm-hmm. when um, he called and said, well, I'm coming. I'm coming with an mm-hmm. attorney for you to sign the papers. Okay. I was just crying because I had been fasting, praying with a lot mm-hmm. of people for three days. That mm-hmm. God would change his mm-hmm. and he would repent and go back and not wanting a divorce. And that was it. And I remember in my bed, I was crying and crying and said, God, I don't understand why you're not answering that prayer. Right. First, your word says that you hate divorce. And your word says that the king's heart is in your hands and you right. turn it as a water course to wherever you please. Right. His heart's not being turned and the divorce is coming. Why? And I just heard that voice saying, do you want him the way he is? Mm-hmm. And I just answered, no. And that voice to quiet me just said, okay, so just let go. Because God knew it was not going to change. Right. And I could not live a double life and have sanity. I, right. was de- I was depressed. Right. I was wanting to die and mm. all of that. Mm. And, and what would you tell women who maybe are in a situ- similar situation? Maybe they are married because um, it's the most convenient thing. Like, right. He, he was like your savior, right? You yeah. were like yeah. almost out on the street. Mm-hmm. And, and I was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. what seems to be an answer, then you get to the other side. And so what what would you tell these women? Because they need to make these hard yeah. decisions. Very hard decision. I had three children. I, mm. I married with a prenup that didn't mm-hmm. give me right to anything. Mm-hmm. So it meant I was going to be on my own. Right. And only God would be my provider. I would have to fight that, you know, to mm-hmm. have some uh, right. alimony and child support, right. which I did, thank God. Mm-hmm. But I was giving up everything. I had 60 days to empty all my stuff in all of his houses all over the United States and Brazil. So I had like no place to live. Uh, And your kids, um, they're 11. So they're like in fifth, sixth grade. Yes. And it was so hard for them. Of course. It was like, I remember Joshua, my my twin, Mm -hmm. there was a pastor that came over when all Mm -hmm. of this is happening, Mm -hmm. when he was coming with the divorce Mm -hmm. papers and came to pray for us. And he Mm -hmm. came to the pastor and said, you know, I, I would like to be Jesus. Oh. And he said, why? Because I would like to get into my dad's heart and change oh. him. But God didn't change his mm. heart. At the time, I was so sure that God was mm. going to. And when I look back, it was like God had to change me. Mm. You know, God knew that his heart was hardened. Mm-hmm. And I would still pray that God would mm-hmm. change him. But through all of this, God mm-hmm. was changing me and bringing me back to where he wanted me in the first place, right? To my first love, right? You know, because like you said, he was my savior. Pele had been right. my savior, right. my provider. Right. My that's why I got so depressed. Was like mm-hmm. I looked at the you know my idol, and my right. idol was made of yes. nothing. Right. And what am I? What was I holding on to? Right. So a lot mm-hmm. of women stay in a mm-hmm. marriage because they make their husband their god, their mm-hmm. idols, and mm-hmm. their their providers. And like mm-hmm. if you don't have them, it's like mm-hmm. you don't have it. You don't have right. anything. Right. But that's a lie. Right. Because your provider, your husband is the Lord. Right. And God had to teach me through pain, mm-hmm. right. through years. And I'm still learning sure. that he is my husband. He mm-hmm. is my savior. He is my provider. That's right. He's my friend. That's right. He's everything and, that I need. And I just want to put a parenthesis here because you might be married. You might want to be married. You might think, oh, when I meet this person, everything's going to be okay. Hmm. But Asidi just got done saying a huge truth because only God can fill those places in your heart. And so when you expect a man to be filling that, that's not fair for him. And he's going to, you're setting both of you up for disappointment. Yeah. You both are going to be disappointed because 
um, he's going to feel like, oh, I can never make her happy. And and he's not what you're expecting because only God can can supply that. How did you arrive then in Orlando? What was that next phase like for you? Well, for the next two years uh, during my divorce, you know, mm. I had to make a decision whether to live, whether right. to stay in Brazil or to come back to the States because mm-hmm. that's where... What was it like trying to um, navigate that with the, the young kids? And... Uh, it was so hard. It was so hard. I wasn't prepared for that because right. I thought, well... United States is going to be my safety net and mm-hmm. everything's going to be perfect. Uh, but it wasn't. Kids were uh, very unhappy mm. because, you know, they had just right. been through a divorce. Right. Uh, they're going through a different school, people mm-hmm. they didn't know, mm-hmm. although they spoke English. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, it's not like their friends right. that they grew sure. up with. Exactly. And um, I had to take care of everything by myself. I had no help. Like in right. Brazil, we do mm-hmm. get help. Right. I had to be. The driver, the maid, the everything, the, cook, sure, yeah. the cleaner. <laughs> oh yeah, it was just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was living with me too, mm-hmm. so it was a lot of responsibilities. But I was happy. It was like I right. had, I was freed in a mm-hmm. way of the load of uh, being somebody's wife, right. you know. Right. And God w- was trying to deal with my identity, which mm-hmm. is a, which was a huge thing that I wasn't aware of. Right. I had lost my identity. Right. I wasn't a Syrian. Mm-hmm. I was Pele's wife. Right. right. And then everybody treated me so. So right. when I got divorced, I was, was like you lost your I identity. I lost my identity. Right. And I lost a lot of friends. Right. I lost a lot of support. Invitations right. you know, died down. Down down. Nobody mm-hmm. really was you know, interested. Yeah. I had a CD that I had it recorded during mm-hmm. my right. those two years there, and I nobody was really interested because you know I wasn't right. Pele's wife anymore, and mm-hmm. that was so difficult. Right, because as, as I felt like, well, if I'm not his wife and people don't care, then I don't. Who am I? I'm not. And then when I came here, I wasn't singing anymore, just singing in church. So mm-hmm. I wasn't a singer anymore. Right. So where's my identity? Mm-hmm. I'm not. Pele, I'm not a wife. Mm-hmm. I'm not a singer. I don't have a ministry. So it's like I don't. I'm nobody. I don't have mm-hmm. anything. So it was very difficult because I really felt like I had lost God's purpose for me. So mm-hmm. I felt like I had no place in the kingdom. Wow. What am I going to do? I'm twice divorced. Mm-hmm. I carried this, what do you call what? that? Uh-huh. Scarlet letter. Oh, the scar- like, right. The scarlet divorce letter. is a huge mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. you feel so out of place in churches. Because mm-hmm. every, every, you know, women my age mm-hmm. are still married. Yes. So it's like. What are you going to do? Go out with them and their husband, but you don't right, have a husband. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. and their kids. It's like, right. yes. so I was so lonely, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. still am. Right. Because it's so hard to navigate in that. Right. And people were kind of uh, intimidated in uh-huh. a way, you know, right. being with a divorced woman mm-hmm. and a, a woman that was married to a famous man. Mm-hmm. So it makes it even worse. Uh-huh. And so a lot of people don't get near you. So it was a time that God was really putting us in this little cocoon to really treat me, to really heal mm-hmm. me, me and my kids, mm-hmm. because to, so I would be able to fly and be mm-hmm. set free, mm-hmm. you know, like a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Because I yes. was living like a caterpillar right. when I was a butterf- butterfly. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I hold such a deep admiration for women like you, for um, women who take on this responsibility. Right, who who realize that, you know, for whatever reason it is, it's best to step away. And you're stepping away from security. You're stepping well. You might be stepping away from problems, but still, and you're taking on this responsibility to raise the children 
and that feeling of like not having someone else that you can go to, Mm -hmm. to talk things through, to um, come to answers together. And I really have a deep admiration. And I guess my next um, question, right, is what do you wish? Because you just mentioned the church, right? What do you wish um, the church or people knew and how they could accompany you or someone that's in the same situation better? Uh, twice, you know, during my separation and divorce, I felt alienated, mm-hmm. you know, with my first marriage mm-hmm. because the church considered us, considered me like the excommunicated right. me from the church because I was getting, a, you know, a divorce. Right. So nobody was able to even get in touch with me. Right. And in right. Brazil, a lot of people probably felt like, what am I going to do? You know, what mm-hmm. am I going to tell her? Maybe right. she doesn't need anything. Right. She right. has all those people around her and she has this and that. But just knowing that somebody's praying for you, right. just knowing that somebody cares. Right. You know, there is a, there was only three pastors that I remember mm-hmm. that came to me and prayed with me. And that made a huge mm. difference. And, you know, it's like no matter what kind of a situation, even people are blaming you for mm-hmm. the divorce, mm-hmm. even if they look at you and say, oh, it was your fault. And maybe a lot of people thought that it was my fault because why did I, how could I divorce a man like him? Nobody right, really right, knows, right. right? Exactly. They thought, well, you're right. so lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't sure. know how lucky you were. Exactly. And I had a twin, a friend that I know I consider like a sister. Mm. We knew each other for 30 years mm-hmm. and she was one of those and wow. say, how can you do that? And she right. turned her back away from me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So people uh, have mm-hmm. no idea. Right. What are you going through, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Just being there. Just to be there. And mm-hmm. and really, I just want to encourage whoever's out there, whether you're a churchgoer or not, we need to be with our friends and be with our people. It's the worst thing, right? To say that in the church is where I felt the most alienated. That should not be. Or it's just even like Martin Luther King says, the place that's most segregated is a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. right? It's it it's, it it shouldn't be. Where do you get your strength from? God, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no other place. Mm-hmm. You know, the times that I try to get strength from myself mm-hmm. and from other people, I was totally disappointed and mm-hmm. I failed. And sometimes you really have to get to a point when you have no strength to really right. draw your strength from the Lord, That's because right. he, He's the only one that you can count on. You know, he's always there for you and he will never Mm -hmm. leave you nor forsake you. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you do, you know, even if you feel guilty, if you feel ashamed. Right. It's like he, he will never lose your access and your, your status as a daughter. Exactly. Nothing will change. It's just beautiful. It's the process. Everybody needs to come to that moment, right? Where you start realizing that my identity comes from God and you can be a mother, you cannot be a mother, you can be married, you cannot be married, but there's your identity isn't yes. in that. Yes, because if your identity is in something, a career, in someone, exactly. when you lose those, those things, what happens to you? Exactly. And I would like to know what advice you would give young women that are in the decision-making phase, right? Like your daughters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you tell them? Hey, be careful. Don't do this. Do this. What would you tell a young Asidia when she was 25? Well, if you're in that phase when you want to get married and everything, the first thing, don't date an unbeliever. Uh (laughs) Because it's like, if you always think, well, he will 
I will bring you to church and we'll get saved. You have no guarantee. And even right. if it does, right. because marriage, marriage is hard in itself. I was married mm-hmm. to a believer. And with an unbeliever, the battles are even worse, mm-hmm. spiritual battles. Mm-hmm. So just imagine you are battling on your own. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you were there by yourself mm-hmm. and it's even worse. So that's the first thing that mm-hmm. they know. No, mm-hmm. don't compromise. Right. Because you're going to pay the price for it. Right. And always seek the Lord first and mm-hmm. foremost. You know, trust the Lord with all mm-hmm. your heart and lean out onto your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Do not really think that you know anything, you know, right. and you're all in your ways. Acknowledge him and mm-hmm. he will direct your paths. And right. he does. When you acknowledge him, when we give him that, mm-hmm. uh, open the doors and telling him, you know, you have access to all of my life and you are the one that will choose and make a decision for me. Mm-hmm. And he always have the best. Great. Mm-hmm. And you also... Um, have your mom that you're mm-hmm. taking care of, yes. an elderly mom, which yes. has also been a huge factor that you've been, I'm you know, into, into yes. all the navigating and all yes. that's that's the other, you know, yeah. those of you who are taking care of your parents at this point, you understand, and that is also something that Acedia has been doing. It's very difficult, yes. especially for me now when I finally got my identity right on track right and i knew what god wanted of me mm-hmm. and i said okay god uh when i one day i was just so sad because i had no ministry or anything right and i wasn't even singing in church and then there's god you know just spoke to my heart and said i didn't call you to be a christian singer i called mm-hmm. you to be a missionary mm-hmm. so that was my call mm-hmm. so i said okay god so that's wonderful that's i'm that's where i'm going to direct my life mm-hmm. And I was had all these these plans that my children will be out of college and then mm-hmm. I'll be able to, to go and do missions. Right. And go into nations. Mm-hmm. You know, God has given me love for languages mm-hmm. and people. So I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And then my mom gets sick. Right. And needs 24 hours, seven days yes. a week assistance. Right. I'm still learning with this and say, right. okay, God, so I'm not a, I'm a 25-year-old anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be like Sarah, right? You know, right. Going to my very old age in order right. to serve you, but God has uh, quieted my heart in a way and say, you know, it doesn't matter when, mm-hmm. you know, age is not a problem for God. And, exactly. And so I'm just waiting for mm-hmm. a time when I'll be able to fulfill that call in my life. That's beautiful. To wrap up here, thinking right about how God works in one life all the different things that you've been able to to live through and to see you standing strong, standing firm. And I just want to encourage you out there today. Um, Asidia says, well, her heart is to be a missionary. Well, today we're on mission and we don't know where this podcast is going to reach, whose home, whose heart. But I just want you out there to know that we are here together We are praying for you. Our heart goes out for you, your situation, that you would know that you're not alone, that you would know that God cares for you, that you would know that your identity comes from God. If you have someone in your life that's trying to tear you down, you need to know that you are enough just the way you are broken. And God is the specialist. It coming in and picking up the pieces. And Asidia, I just thank you so much for coming and sharing with us, for being vulnerable, for being authentic, for fighting the fight, and for um, doing what you felt was 
right in your heart and, uh, and sharing your story with us. I just want to thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a privilege for me. I really thank you for that blessing. And is there any place where people can hook up with you? Is that Facebook, Instagram? Do you have yeah. um, Facebook, you Instagram? Have, uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, you can also find my last CD, that my, uh-huh. you know, twelve years ago. Uh huh. Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. Syria. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Would that be Asidia? Then I'll put this in the notes. Yeah. This would just be Asidia. Yeah, and on Instagram, it's Assyria Seishas. Uh-huh, Seishas. Okay, well, we'll have this. And Facebook, Assyria Seishas Lemos. Lemos, okay. We will have that in the show notes, so that way if you want to reach out to Assyria and just thank her and express um, uh, anything that you have on your heart, you would feel free to do that. So thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to hear your comments. and. hear back from you. Have a great, awesome week, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for joining me today. I want to invite you to come over and let's connect at sherrytogether.com. Till next time, this is Sherry Belmar signing off. Have a fabulous day.